0: The following recording is from Parramatta Christian Church. We pray that this message inspires you in your walk with Christ. Merry Christmas again, everyone. It's so great to be joining with you on this special service, whether you're watching it um, on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. We're just so glad that we're able to share this moment with you, this service with you. And I pray that already you've just been refreshed and encouraged and blessed as we've worshipped Jesus together. And uh, it's my great privilege to share with you just briefly some thoughts around Christmas as we think about and reflect on this incredible story of God coming to us in the person of Jesus. Um, The best word that I think summarizes uh, all the events of the Christmas story is extraordinary, and that's what I've entitled this short talk, Extraordinary. Um, Let me ask you, what is the most extraordinary thing that you have seen? Uh, Like me, you've probably been intrigued, bewildered, blown away by a magician's tricks. Uh, A few years ago, we had Alvin, who is one of our church members, do some magic tricks for us on our Christmas Eve service. And I remember many people exclaiming, Wow, how did you do that? And wanting to know how Alvin did those tricks. It was extraordinary. It was remarkable. It was mind blowing. Uh, Whether it's a magic trick or whether you've been uh, blown away by uh, today's movie makers who with technology and with visual effects can recreate entire worlds and transport us to different times and different places. It's extraordinary. Or whether you've seen a, a, a wonder of nature. I remember the first time I saw Niagara Falls. It was, it, it was breathtaking. It was extraordinary. Or with the, it's a man-made building like the Golden Gate Bridge or the Eiffel Tower or the, the glass floor at uh, CN Tower in, in Toronto, whatever it might be. They're extraordinary things that, that catch our breath, that take our breath away. And I think as we come to the Christmas story, uh, there are several things that are happening here that are extraordinary. And I wonder if as we had our Bible reading this morning uh, from Matthew chapter 1, 18 to 25, and that's where we'll be spending our time um, this evening or this morning, whenever you're watching it, um, as we consider what what is happening in in this narrative, in in these events, I think extraordinary is a great word to describe uh, these events. And, and Matthew in this passage in chapter 1 verses 18 to 25 uh, tells us uh, three extraordinary things. I mean there's several here but just three things that I want to draw your attention to that are incredible and, and extraordinary and, and ought to take our breath away. The first thing we're told is that this was no ordinary conception. It was an extraordinary conception. Uh, Three times in this passage, Matthew draws attention to the fact that the birth of Jesus, the conception and birth of Jesus was going to be supernatural. Supernatural. Look at verse 18. It says, um, His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. And then verse 20, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. And then verse 23, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. That's extraordinary. I I, I can't even begin to imagine how Joseph must have felt and how he would have thought about what he was being told and what was happening here. In, in our day with all our medical advances and, and all the uh, massive changes that we've seen to, to fertility processes, we can kind of get our head around a woman conceiving in unusual ways or very different ways or even without the direct involvement of a man. But no involvement, none whatsoever whatsoever, that's extraordinary. Uh, Nothing like this had ever happened before and nothing like this has happened since, which is probably why we see Joseph really struggling to get his head around what was happening and what he was being told here. Now, this idea that that the the conception and birth of Jesus was supernatural, was extraordinary, was, was by the direct action of God and not any human action. For some, for many, it is hard to get our head around is hard to understand. And so some have rejected this and and found other uh, explanations for why these events are recorded these ways, and they they bring to to question the truth and reliability of Scripture, Um, or they've rejected the claims of Christianity. And some, even in the church, really struggle and wrestle with this idea of the extraordinary conception and birth of Jesus. But as you will see as we continue on in, in our passage this morning, this is a critical truth for us to embrace and and accept, even if we can't fully understand it. But think about this for a moment. If we believe in a God who is able to create the entire universe, everything we know and see all around us by the power of His Word out of nothing, then is the conception of a baby in a virgin's womb in a supernatural way really that hard for us to get our head around? There are so many things in our world that blow my mind and I I don't fully understand the way my body works, the the way a baby, even in natural ways, how a baby is formed in a mother's womb is just so mind-blowing. Or how a a jet plane that is so heavy, that's so full of hundreds of people and all their luggage and fuel and, and all the equipment is able to stay up in the air. But just because I can't understand it or explain it to you, doesn't mean it can't be. And this is one of the extraordinary things we're told about these Christmas events that took place, that this baby that was conceived in Mary's womb was extraordinary, was supernatural. It was through the direct act, direct activity of the God of the universe, of the Holy Spirit coming upon this young woman. The second extraordinary thing we're told is that this baby was to have an extraordinary mission. Uh, The angel who turns up to... I guess allay Joseph's fears and put his mind and his heart at ease because like I said he probably was freaking out trying to wrap his head around this extraordinary conception that was that was taking place and and his initial reaction was not to believe and to put Mary aside in a respectful way but the angel comes and assures him that this event was orchestrated by God and he tells us the second extraordinary thing is the mission that this baby was going to have this extraordinary mission that that this baby that was to be one was to name Jesus, uh, and Joseph was to name this baby Jesus, and then we're told why? Because He will save His people from their sins. His people, the nation Israel. So in that one statement, the angel is telling Joseph that this baby was extraordinary because he was going to be God himself because Israel was God's people and everyone in Israel knew that they were God's possession. And so to be told that this baby, this one to be named Jesus was going to save his people was to say that this baby, this Jesus was God himself coming to rescue his people. Now, that's nothing new. Israel had their hopes that Messiah would one day come. And we're told in verse 18 that this is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. There was this hope and this expectation that one day God would send one that was a divine figure that was going to come and rescue Israel. But their understanding of their rescue was primarily in political terms. But here we're told that He will save His people from their sins. Now, throughout human history, there have been great people that have been born, great men and women who've achieved and accomplished extraordinary things. But to my knowledge, there's no one that has made the claim that they've been born to save, to rescue people from their sin. This is an extraordinary claim. You see, because only really the person who's been offended can actually forgive someone of their sin. So really only God can forgive us of our sin because in one sense all our sin, whether we commit it against another person or ourselves or against the creation, is really ultimately against God Himself. And so it's only God that can forgive us of our sin. And this is the thing that the religious leaders really struggle to to understand when Jesus, a few chapters later in in Matthew chapter 9, Jesus makes the claim that He has authority to forgive people their sins because He forgives this crippled man of his sins. And the religious leaders are accusing Him of blasphemy. But Jesus says, I have the authority to forgive people of their sins. So we see the divinity of Jesus, that He was extraordinary uh, and like no other human being. And that's why it's so critical that that Jesus was born in an extraordinary way. But how was He going to forgive people of their sins? See, because the penalty for sin throughout the Old Testament, every Jew, every person of Israel would have known, required a sacrifice, required a perfect, spotless, blemishless sacrifice. An atonement had to be made for sin. And so how was Jesus going to save people from their sins? Well, this is why the first extraordinary thing that Jesus was conceived like no other, supernaturally, without any direct involvement from Joseph, is so critical. Because if Jesus was born like every other human being, He would be like every other human being. He would have inherited Adam's sin, and He would not have been able to offer up His life as an atoning sacrifice for our sin because He would be sinful as well. But because Jesus was not born the same way, because Jesus was born by the Holy Spirit, He was born perfect without the inherited sin of Adam. And He lived a perfect life. And therefore, He was able to lay down His life as an atoning sacrifice for your sin and my sin. That was the extraordinary mission that Jesus came to accomplish, to save us, to save you, to save me from our sin. That's why Christmas is such good news. That's why Christmas is full of hope and, and full of love and full of rejoicing, because it is this extraordinary mission that Jesus came to accomplish by laying down His life as an offering for our sin, to, to bring about God's pardon and God's forgiveness this extraordinary mission that He came to accomplish. The third thing we see in our text is the ex- extraordinary assurance that we have because Jesus' birth was extraordinary. His conception was extraordinary because He fulfilled His extraordinary mission to save us from our sins. And this is found in the promise that Matthew quotes from Hundreds of years ago, that was given by Isaiah in verse 23, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. What an incredible, extraordinary assurance we have because Jesus was born in a manger. You see, with many other religions, God is too holy to spend time with humans. Or if He does, He he comes in judgment and wrath and anger. Um, And humans have to do all of these things to earn their way back to God, to please Him, to appease Him, to turn away His wrath. It's all up to us to do enough good works to somehow deserve acceptance and to be in God's presence. But the remarkable, wonderful, good news of of Christmas is that this God, the Almighty Creator, the holy and righteous and, and, and wonderful, glorious, eternal God came to us in the form of a baby. He comes down to us. He doesn't stay removed from us because He is holy, but because He is holy and loving, He comes on a rescue mission. He, he's born as a baby. He, he takes on flesh. He becomes one of us. He walks among us, talks with us, touches us, laughs and cries with us, eats with us, and, and, and spends time with us to reflect His heart for us to be with Him forever. And if you and I put our faith and our trust in what Jesus did, because that was His mission, to come, to be born of a virgin in in purity and perfection and holiness without any sin and to live a perfect sinless life and to lay down His life on a cross for our sin, the perfect Lamb of God for the forgiveness of our sin if we if we believe that and if we put our trust in Jesus to save us then as the bible promises he will save us from our sin and we will have this extraordinary assurance that God will always be with us, that we will always know God's presence, that we never need to fear to come before God's presence, that there is no condemnation or judgment or wrath over us anymore, because Jesus has absorbed it all. He has laid down His life so that God's anger can be atoned for and turned away and forgiven and appeased. How? extraordinary and unthinkable that the very God who was offended, who is offended by us in the very God that we've uh, violated uh, His perfect law and we've, we've turned our backs and rejected is the one that comes to us as a baby in a manger to take upon Himself our sin so that we can be forgiven and we can know His presence, His intimate abiding presence both now and for all eternity this is the good news of Christmas. And whether you're a Christian who, who's been worshipping Jesus for many, many years and, and celebrating the wonder and good news of Christmas every year, or whether you're, you're new to all of this and whether you're, you're watching this and you're, you're not really uh, aware of what Jesus has done and what God has done for us in Jesus, I, I pray that this truth will grip your heart with wonder at the extraordinary thing that God did on that very, very first Christmas. So my question to you as I wrap up is, how will you respond to these extraordinary events? How will you respond to the extraordinary conception and person and mission of Jesus and the extraordinary assurance that you can have, that I can have, that if we trust in Jesus, we will know Emmanuel, we will know God with us and never leaving us and forsaking us, that there will never be anything that can separate us from the love of God and and the peace and the presence of God in our lives, because we will be forgiven and in God's family forever, because our sin has been dealt with by Jesus. How will you respond to this great news, this extraordinary event? Well, chapter 2 of Matthew tells us of two very, very different responses. Uh, we're told of the Magi who came to Jerusalem looking for this king that was born. And, and they come to Herod and say, you know, we've seen the star. We've seen this announcement of these extraordinary events that a king has been born. The king of the Jews has been born. Uh, and we've come to worship him. Where is he? And And we see Herod his response is is very very different so uh, let me ask you whose response will you must be characterized by is it the magi who who saw this sign the star this announcement of these extraordinary e- events and they were intrigued and they were curious and they packed up and they and they travel many many kilometers to come and to inquire and to find out and to seek and to desire to know they bring treasures to honor this king and we're told that they worship him and they and they find him they find this child and, and they go and they worship and they lay down their treasures in front of him and they worship this king that was born or are you going to be more like Herod who who had access to all this information. These wise men, uh, th- these religious leaders, they, the teachers of the law, we're told, the chief priests, they knew all of these prophecies. They had access to all this information. And Herod could have found out all of this information. And here were these extraordinary events unfolding in his backyard. And he's oblivious. He's ignorant. And more so when he's actually told about these extraordinary events. We're told that he is disturbed. He's not curious or intrigued or bewildered or or moved to wonder or worship, he's disturbed. And his mission is bent on destruction, on destroying this baby. So you and I have the same choice to make this Christmas. Will we acknowledge that these events are extraordinary? Will we move towards King Jesus? in curiosity, in wonder, in amazement. Will we bring the treasure of our heart before Him as we recognize what He has come to do and what He has done through laying down His life on the cross for us to save us from our sin and to bring us to God, to bring us into God's family and that we will be with Him forever. Will we come in wonder and worship before Him this Christmas? I I trust that you will. And our prayer is that you will, that as you hear this message and as you hear the the message and the hope extended in every Christmas carol, that your heart too will be moved. See, because knowing these things is, is one thing, recognizing the extraordinary events that these were is one thing, but your life will not be changed unless you put your faith and trust in this extraordinary person. That is the exact representation of God. And is the God that you're really looking for. The God that you're looking for has been revealed to you in Jesus and became a baby that was born in a manger. He's right here. He's right there in your lounge room or living room or wherever you are watching this service. And He longs for you to know Him and the wonder of His birth and the wonder of His mission. And our prayer as a church is that you would truly come to know and love Jesus and that your life will be transformed and changed as you worship Him and surrender to Him, as you put your trust in His saving mission. And I trust that that will be your reality this Christmas. I just want to finish by reading you some of the lyrics from a well-loved carol, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, and then I want to pray a Christmas blessing over you. Christ by highest heaven adored, Christ the everlasting Lord. Late in time, behold Him come, the offspring of a virgin's womb. Veiled in flesh, the Godhead see. Hail the incarnate deity. Pleased as man with man to dwell, Jesus our Emmanuel. Hail the heaven-born Prince of Peace. Hail the Son of Righteousness, Light and Life to all He brings. Risen with healing in His wings. Mild He lays His glory by. Born that man no more may die. Born to raise the sons of earth. Born to give them second birth. Hark the herald angels sing. Glory to the newborn King. Let me pray. Father, as we conclude our Christmas service, we are filled with worship and wonder. We thank you for the extraordinary events of that first Christmas. We thank you for the supernatural birth of Jesus, your Son. We thank You that You loved us so much that You didn't leave us in our sin to be eternally separated from You forever. But Lord, You came to us in the person of Jesus. You were born in a manger. You took upon Yourself flesh. You left Jesus. You left Your glory and the wonder of eternity, the wonder of heaven. You left and You came and You became one of us and you, you, You humbled Yourself to be born as a human being in a manger so that You could save us from our sin, so You could live the life that we could never live, so that You could lay down Your life as a sacrifice for our forgiveness. Thank You, Jesus, that You came. Thank You, Father, that because You sent Jesus and because He died on the cross for us, we have the assurance that we can be with You forever, that we can know Your presence every day, every moment, Emmanuel, God with us. I thank you for the wonder of Christmas, the extraordinary events of Christmas. And Lord, I pray your blessing upon every heart, every person listening to me, hearing me, praying this prayer, whether they're watching it on Christmas Eve or on Christmas Day, Lord, whether they're watching it at a later time, that Lord, your blessing will rest on them. For those who don't know you, Lord, that they would be like the Magi, intrigued by the wonder of Christmas, and they would be curious and seek out this Jesus, this extraordinary one that was born on that first Christmas day. And they will come to see Him as the King, as the Savior, as God Himself come to us to save us from our sin. And they will come to believe and put their trust in Him and in His death and resurrection so that their sins can be forgiven. And for all of us, Lord, who know You and who have come to know Jesus that way, we just want to Lord, give You praise and and give You our thanks. And we pray that as we worship You, that, Lord, You would fill our hearts with Your love and Your peace and Your joy this Christmas. That, Lord, we will overflow with rejoicing at the wonder of Christmas. And we thank You and we bless You for loving us and coming to us to save us from our sin. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.